coffee with eggs, broken rice, and how to properly enjoy jackfruit. This week, we're in Saigon. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is the show where we enjoy dishes and drinks from around the world on DestinationEatDrink.com and here on the Destination Eat Drink Podcast. This week, my guest is Young Ho from Jackfruit Adventures, a foodie tour company that takes guests to off-the-beaten-path attractions and foodie stops around Saigon, Vietnam on bicycle. What a super cool concept Young has. But before we talk to him, let me ask you to rate and review the podcast. We've been getting lots and lots of repeat visitors here, so if you've been enjoying the show, please give us those five stars on your podcast app. Thank you so very, very much. Young Ho is the founder of Jackfruit Adventures and a native of Saigon, Vietnam. He's a very fascinating guy with tons of info about the food and culture of his city. And yes, I do ask him about whether to call it Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. And his answer is why I call it Saigon. Young tells me about why bicycling is the best way to see the city and some of the best dishes to try in Saigon, like the street food in the Cho Lawn neighborhood. Young also talks about the local produce markets and the unique coffee culture in Saigon. Vietnam is, after all, a huge coffee producer. Okay, I'm starving, thirsty too, so let's eat. Destination, eat, drink. Young Ho from Jackfruit Adventures. So great to get to talk to you about Vietnam and Saigon. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink. Hey, uh, Brian. Thank you for inviting me to the show. And uh, it's my pleasure to be here. First off, I want to make sure that we're using correct terms when we talk about your city because I see that uh, a lot of people refer to it as Saigon. I also see a lot of folks call it Ho Chi Minh City. So I want to use the correct terminology. What should we call your city? Yeah, I think it's quite special when our cities, we have uh, two different ways to call. So actually, it's, this one is related to uh, the war event. So you know that uh, we have the Vietnam War. Uh, back there is really, uh, I think, a big attention to the, the, the world. And uh, before 1975, the, the city, the name of the city is only one, is Saigon. And um, after 1975, the new uh, the new government they they setting up uh, uh, to setting up a new name for this city is Ho Chi Minh. So Ho Chi Minh is actually the name of the leader of uh, the North Communist Party. He's like really important guy in the party, and uh, he uh, he uh, he died before the war end. So the people, the new government, just one that the entire country of Vietnam remember remember about him. Uh, and that's why they changed the name of uh, Saigon to Ho Chi Minh. So, you know, at the moment, uh, a lot of locals like, like me, we all call, always call it uh, Saigon. But for a lot of uh, new young generation, uh, so they get to a new name is uh, Ho Chi Minh. So actually, it, uh, you can call it Saigon or Ho Chi Minh. Uh, they, they both understand. Either one is acceptable. Okay, so maybe we in this we use them interchangeably. Um, what do you use? Do you use both names? 
I uh, I normally use name of uh, Saigon. It's for me. It's like really lovely and and uh, yeah, lovely name compared to Ho Chi Minh. It's too long for me. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll use uh, in deference to you, Young. I'll use uh, Saigon. Um, one thing that you do at Jackfruit Adventures that I think is so cool is that you do your adventures, you do your food tours on bicycle. Why do you choose to use bikes as your means of transportation instead of walking around Saigon? Uh, the first of, first of all, I really love uh, you know um, cycling. You know, uh, before I start Jackfruit Adventure, whenever I had time, I jump on my bicycle and I, I exploring. Uh, the city, every small corner, every hidden place on my bicycle, uh, taking picture, chit chat to local, and and I get in really, I feel really uh, happy every time I do that. And then uh, I related to what uh, people offer the moment in the, the the you know like the tour markets in Saigon. It's normally the 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 tour with the motorbike, which means it's the people on the motorbike and. Uh, they're going to be a guy and they drive you to uh, all the street and everywhere. But actually, that uh, it's a cool experience, but nothing, and you sit on the back of the bike and you're not really driving. You not really feel the city beat, you know? So as long as uh, our customer, they get the feeling on the, their bicycle and they actually driving, so they can feel how the traffic is. And, and adventures, you know, in Saigon, we have a lot of small alleys. And then the, uh, the guests, they can really driving through the alley and they feel the local spirits. And so that's why I, and the food also, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of good food is on a small alley. So that's why I want uh, the people, the traveler, you know, hop on the bicycle and, you know, eat and, and drive, eat and ride. Also a way to keep you healthy too. <laughs> you can work off some of those calories while you're, uh, while you're biking. Yeah, you burn calories, you eat more <laughs> than that you work it. Yeah, it's another option. <laughs> This is great. Now, now I can now I can feel good about eating all this uh, all this excellent food. Yeah, um, young on this podcast a lot. I talk about. I say um, one of the first things I want to do when I come to a new city. Two things actually. The first thing I say is go on the food tour so that you can understand the local culture, the local cuisine. And uh, so when you go to Saigon, go on jackfruit adventures. But the other thing I say to do early on is to go to the local market because I feel like this gives you a real insight into what, uh, you know, the actual locals, the people who live there, what they're eating, um, the things that they're buying. And maybe you can get some, uh, if you make some connections, you can get some tips on how to prepare this. And I think in a place like Saigon, where you've got, many different kinds of uh, produce that maybe you wouldn't see on American store shelves, this would be equally important. Um, tell me about some of the markets that you can visit in Saigon and what makes them special. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, like uh, Saigon is a really big city with about 10 million people uh, living. Uh, so it's always busy. And for us, uh, you know, the fresh market or people call the wet market is really uh, a popular way for us to shopping around compared to going to the supermarket so you can easy to find uh, the wet market like in every district in saigon in in every urban area they have kind of some uh, some uh, a random wet market uh, to show up pop up in some some place uh, on the street some places but for me uh, one of the, the most interesting place for me to visit the wet market is uh, i always bring my my, my guest uh, is uh, located in the in, uh, our apartment in saigon we have some complex uh, apartment that built before 1975 that uh, in there uh, you know like just 
right on the in front of the the um, complex uh, the apartment is the market just right there like just right at your door the apartment uh, it's serving for local people around the, the area and also for people living in the apartment and that you can feel that how how is uh, draw the picture of the wet uh, our culture of like going to the wet market and in the early morning you know you can buy fresh fish or meat and, and vegetable uh, so uh, yeah so we we don't really keep much food on the fridge because we go to the, the market every day every morning normally like my mom or you know my later this is a great way to live and when we moved to Portugal a couple of years ago, we really had to kind of adapt our way of thinking yeah. to this idea of going to the market on a daily basis or an every other day basis. Um, and it's it's really different than an American way of thinking of going to the market once a week or every other week and, and loading up your car with all of this stuff and bringing it home, putting in the pantry, putting in the refrigerator. Um, what, what is, uh, Young, what is the name of this market that you were just talking about again? What was the name? Um, so if you have chance to go to to uh, the Saigon, you I recommend you go to the market they call Ngo Yatu. It's it's quite long for you, you know, like Ngo Yatu Market. Okay, and um, <laughs> I, I I'm going to have difficulty pronouncing that, so I'll I'll leave it up to you. But um, one of the things that a lot of folks are doing now is going into uh, Airbnbs instead of hotels, and yeah. with the Airbnb you get a kitchen. So this is another advantage. You go to the market, you can buy your produce. What would you say for someone who's a novice, who hasn't been to Vietnam before, what should they look for in the market uh, as far as uh, fruits and vegetables and other kinds of produce? What would they look for that they could find interesting, that they could try and really get a taste of Vietnamese culture that they could prepare in their own kitchen in their Airbnb? I think uh, the first thing they can easy to find is the fruit, you know. Uh, our country is uh, really popular for the tropical fruit. So in local market, you can easy to spot, you know, like mango, uh, mango steam, or you know, jackfruit. Uh, and now the season of uh, durian. <laughs> I know maybe a lot of people don't like durian, but it's the seasoning now, and for us, it's like the king of fruit here. So I think the first time you come to our market is uh, looking for the fruit. Uh, it's really easy to, to see in every local market we have it. Uh, yeah, and some uh, in terms of cooking, if you're uh, going to buy something uh, in the our local markets, it's always have the ready meat, ready fresh, uh, you know, like pork or chicken, is uh, beef always ready, uh, you know. So you can easy to come come by and buy some, uh, you know, fresh uh, vegetable. You know, it's easy to make your salad or, yeah. So I, I become, I, I, I feel this, uh, and you can find everything there in the wet market uh, for your recipe of cooking in terms of uh, Asian or in the West way also quite easy to find the ingredients for cook, the cooking. Now, you named your company Jackfruit Adventures after the famous fruit in uh, Vietnam. And I've talked about this on the podcast before that, I, I'm trying to get into jackfruit, but I've had difficulty because it was explained to me um, that, that you really want to try it fresh. And I guess I haven't had fresh jackfruit. Yeah. Is, is this the way to, to really experience jackfruit and enjoy it to its fullest, do you think, Young, is fresh jackfruit rather than cooked or processed? Be- before you already have the dry jackfruit, did you eat the dry jackfruit before? 
I haven't found it fresh. I've had it prepared in like uh, cooked in like barbecue sauce and, and things like this as a uh, kind of as a meat substitute type thing. Ah, uh, I see. So actually, jackfruit, uh, the fresh, when you eat fresh, you can have the full flavor of that. But I see majority of people, they like jackfruit when it dry. It's mean like the jackfruit and then they, they heat it up until it dried. Oh. Uh, I think it's a better kind of jackfruit. Yeah, it's, it's really a famous uh, snack. You know, when you travel and, and you have, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like really uh, healthy and, and uh, taste, tasty snack, like a little bit sweet. But they also have the, the flavor of green tea when you eat that. Uh, I think it's really good combination for a good snack, and especially when you travel, you know, some country like in Asia and you're looking for kind of some local snack. I think this can be a good option. Oh, perfect. All right. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to jump on the jackfruit bandwagon and uh, I'm going to figure out a way to, to really enjoy it. <laughs> Let's get into some of the neighborhoods of Saigon yeah. and uh, you can you can tell me about them and what makes them special. Let's start with um, the the Chinatown area, the Cho Lawn neighborhood, because yeah, um, yeah. you do a tour. Yeah, you do a tour here. Tell me about this neighborhood and what makes it a cool place to visit. Um, I, 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 the thing is, uh, I think that if you go to Saigon, you know, because Saigon is the, the pretty fast and modern liaison, it's been like every two or three years, the city changed very fast. But before I, I lived in abroad for like one year and I went back to the city, sometimes I don't even recognize my city anymore. Wow. The central area, like let's say digit one or digit three. Uh, you know, in the central area, or digit two, like three, digit one, two, three, is uh, it, it developing really fast. And new building, uh, you know, all on the all on the ways, always new building. Um, but the only place in Saigon that I think that they keep their their local history and local the ancient building, uh, local, you know, the local culture is uh, I can find only in Jalant, because uh, go when you go there, you can feel the the different right weight. Uh, it's a lot of traditional street where they keep the 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 thing is you know in China in the Chinese culture that they uh, they reserve the culture really well like they uh, let's say there are some specific job you know like the medicine you know we have a traditional medicine or the fabric uh, you know like the, the family business so they do it from different generation they can do it for life like your great father grandfather and then from your, your father and then you, right? they keep it for business for 100 years, 100 years going on. And then when I go to Chinatown, you know, like they, they, they have some, some street, like entire street, they, they're going to sell like the, let's say the traditional medicine. And you can, uh, you can know it right away. You can hear the smell of that and you can talk to the people, the local staff there, you know, they can, they're happy to share with you a story about how their family business, you know, when they early start in, in 17th century, when the Chinese that uh, immigrant to Chelon, uh, um, yeah, and a lot of beautiful, like really ancient building, a Chinese temple, and also the food, the food, the Chinese food is in there. It's really, really good. They have the uh, the flavor that is uh, traditional and, and, and a traditional flavor that you can hardly find anywhere else in Vietnam. Yeah, so that's that's make me uh, really fascinating. Uh, every time that I visit. To learn and it gives me the feeling of, uh, of you know the culture there uh, a part of Saigon is, is located like right in Chalon. So let's say that young you're riding your bike through Cholon yeah. and you're getting a little bit hungry. Yeah. What's what's the place that you're going to search out and say okay here's where I'm going to go for lunch. Uh, you know in Chalon so uh, 
they there are a lot of food you can find there so for me i always thought to have a, like a boon you know like the the you know boon like dum dim sum is really a good dim sum small snack a small area small restaurant that says street dim sum that really uh, tasty and uh, healthy that uh, i went there sometime with friends sometimes with some foreigner friends and they say that wow they haven't really have a good dim sum like that for long uh, if i go in the chinatown at night uh, they have an area like street food uh, chinatown center area uh, on the street area and you can find the, lots of noodle and uh, snails snail is in chalon really good you know vietnamese people we love the snail just like the Portuguese, the snails are really big here in Portugal, too. You have shops that are just, in my town, you have shops after shops that are just dedicated to the snails. So there's something the Portuguese and the Vietnamese have in common. Oh, yeah. That's mean, like Vietnamese, we love snail, you know. <laughs> so different types of snail, they grill or they steam. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's really tasty to, to be, just be hanging around the food area and then you can uh, eat some food. And some of my other um, pork favorite food there is the bitter melon with the uh, steam steam um, pork. They put they cook they mix together. Uh, is uh, for a lot of people they don't like it because bitter melon uh, is quite a bitter flavor for them. But for me, it's a good way to to uh, for unhealthy uh, healthy food because it, in Vietnamese we believe that uh, when the food is bitter flavor. It can healing out your, your, your body. It cool you down. So this brings up the topic of street food. Um, and not just in the Cholon neighborhood, I would imagine all over Saigon, there's good street food. Um, are there other kinds of street food that you enjoy? I read about something called Kam Tam, uh, broken rice. Uh, oh, yeah. is, is that a good street food that we should try? Yes. Kam Tam is uh, broken rice. is one of the, I think one of the most popular street food in Vietnam that uh, we are having on normally at night time in every corner on the street of Saigon, you can easily to spot the sign say Kum Tom. So Kum Tom actually is the grilled pork and they, they cook together the grilled pork and you know, like the filet of rice, you know, broken rice. Have you, like, uh, the term broken rice, because you know, it's actually the normal rice, but then they wanna press it to be small piece. So when you cook normally, the rice gonna be longer, but at broken rice, everything to be small piece. Mm. And then uh, when you combine it with the grilled pork, and some people they they like some of the omelet, like the the the, um, the egg that they that you fry that you put together also on the top of the uh, the plates, the rice, and a little bit with some pickles. And uh, the most and also the most important thing that make the flavor of gum tam popular that is the fish sauce. So you need to make uh, for our Vietnamese fish sauce is really important flavor when we combine with our food. So for Kum Tum, uh, normally they make the fish sauce, the original fish sauce, uh, and they put a little bit of lemon and some lamb and a little bit of uh, garlic. And they mix everything and you put together under this of Kum uh, Tum and, it, and it, 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 it turned flavor like really, really good. One of the things that I think of when I think of Vietnamese street food is the dumplings. Is this something that um, is really popular in Saigon? I would imagine it would have to be, right? Actually, dumpling is normally popular for uh, Chinese food culture. It's more, you find that more in, uh, in Chelon. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I think all the popular street food, we can name it here, like, uh, you know, uh, banh mì, the bread. Have you heard about the uh, Vietnamese uh, 
bread. Yeah, the um, the so you've got uh, baguettes. Yeah, the baguettes from yeah. from the from the French times. Yeah. But what I when I was talking to um, a lady from Hanoi, what she told me was what the Vietnamese did is they incorporated rice flour with the wheat flour, which gives the baguettes in Vietnam its unique texture and taste, which I think sounds fantastic because I love rice flour bread. Yes, in Vietnamese, we uh, back there we also adapt from uh, the, the the French friend making bread style compared with our style. So they make that's why our baguettes have the flavor quite quite tasty, you know, quite crispy when you uh, uh, when you bake baking that. This makes really flavor of the bread is one of the plus point in terms of our baguette. <laughs> yes. So we got the bread. We got to fill up the bread with something. Yeah. Um, tell me about the sandwiches that we should get when we're in Saigon. Actually, uh, the sandwich, the banh mi, we call it banh mi, right? Uh, in Saigon, you have uh, our local, we have different way to eat. So I, I give you some of the most popular way. Uh, the most pop, one of the most bread, bread store in Saigon, uh, banh mi, is the Go Hinh Hoa bread. So Hinhua bread is actually, uh, you know, in the bread and then they put a uh, lot of different ham, the ham meat, not the, the pork, but they make like ham. Uh, and then they cut to be a slice really, uh, really uh, thin together with some uh, pate. Yeah. You know the pate? Yes. Pate is one of the most important uh, in, uh, in, ingredient when you make on the, the banh mi. You put the pate in the middle of the bread together with some ham. And also some, uh, um, you know, some grilled pork, some some plate grilled pork, and some pickle. Pickle really important. They make the sour flavor for the banh mi, and together with uh, some other like coriander, together, and it's make a really perfect bite. Some some place like Huynh Hoa bread, you know, uh, they open since three three p.m. You can go there three p.m. until like midday, uh, until like midnight, eleven twelve p.m. And you have to always waiting online because people people are waiting to get the bread there. It's really good. And uh, some other bread is I would recommend you go to the bread they call the Thirty Seven on Wintry Street. They call bánh mì Thirty Seven on Wintry. That is uh, one of the best uh, bánh mì that I always come when I have time. I always visit that place and having. So while she's selling that, she says she sell the um, she make the. Um, we call it in Vietnam. We call it chả. Chả is like the uh, the meat pork, uh, but they they have uh, a lot of uh, the the fat. When you you cut the the of the, the pork out, give you a lot of fat, and then you chop it to be small piece, and then she she roll it to be like a ball, and then she grill it. To the, she, and she have some secret recipe. The sauce, her sauce is really special. And this kind of bread, she doesn't put the pattern in. Instead, she made her own sauce and some pickle. And the meatball, and uh, yeah, coriander, a little bit of chili sauce. It's really like like in Vietnam, you know, people don't really from never go for McDonald's because her bread is one of the perfect example of how our baguette is. Sounds amazing that bread. I'm I'm just wondering. Uh, I'm thinking about all these sandwiches with all the uh, with all the ham with all the pork in them. Is there any options if uh, we've got vegetarian friends visiting Saigon that they can enjoy maybe a sandwich, but it doesn't have the meat in it? Yeah, you you can. Uh, and actually, 
if, if we have the version with the egg, if, if you if some vegetarian they can eat the egg, so they have we have the egg, the bread and the egg also popular, the egg and some pickle and coriander. Uh, I think this is only one of the best options for, for vegetarian, uh, but they can eat egg and uh, some other option that we uh, we don't we don't really have and kind of an, an, an bread specific for the vegetarian because uh, when you put some order in Korean, only the vegetable or tofu, they don't really make the fully kind of signature flavor of our bread. So I think uh, one of the best options that uh, I think the bread with the egg uh, can be one of the good choice. Otherwise, you know, they just put inside some pickle and uh, soya salt for you. Let's switch gears to coffee because Vietnam is one of the biggest coffee producers in the whole world. Yeah, I'm wondering what the uh, kind of coffee that we would have when we come to Saigon. Is there a specific flavor? Is there a specific yeah. type of coffee? What What do you drink? What do you drink every morning? So the thing is, uh, let me tell you a little bit about coffee in Vietnam. So we are one of the biggest export the coffee in Vietnam. Uh, but actually, you know, in coffee, not only they have two kind of bean, the robusta and arabica. Yes. Back in the, the U.S., uh, what the majority of people, you are having the Ar- Arabic cabin for the, the coffee. And uh, Robusta is just more, the people use is more for like, uh, you know, to make the, the uh, flavor, you know, like in chocolate or they make some K thing. They have the, the they, what they use, the Robusta bean. So majority of our, like 90% of our beans in Vietnam producing is the Robusta. Yeah. So um, that's the reason in Vietnam, our coffee quite strong. <laughs> because on Robusta, the coffee in is like five times higher compared to the normal Arabica. So you, if you not really drink a lot of coffee, when you have our cup of coffee, you can, you, you can feel really strong. Your heart can beat faster. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, um, the way I drink coffee is, actually I make my own coffee in, in every morning. Uh, I, I adapt from America. I, I bought a kind of a small, we call it the Aeropress that you mm. can make coffee at home. I haven't been, I, I've been traveling in Vietnam a lot. And uh, at some point I end up in the place in Vietnam we call Khe San. Khe San is like the, the small town in the middle of Vietnam. Uh, if you know about Vietnam War, we have, we have a very famous uh, battlefield before. It's related, they call it Khe San. Kherson battlefield that where the American before uh, they operate in a really big airport and also an army base there. So uh, it's the it's one of the, one of the best play that uh, the French before they and also I see American when people American coming over and they brought the the bean over to Kherson. So it's a lot of local people that they they drink the coffee with the American and they pop. This drink is really awesome. And then they, they ask American to, uh, to give for them the bean. And then they later on, they learn how to grow the coffee in the Kesan. So that's what I normally get my bean from. So, so in the morning, I just make an Americano uh, <laughs> coffee. Whichever majority of Vietnamese people that they drink coffee, like, uh, they know, we have the term called cafe soda. Like, it's only the, the coffee. Uh, they make from the, we call it the fin, the fin like kind of a filter, um, the, there's our Vietnam, we have a kind of filter. So we put the coffee in the filter and then we put the hot water and also, and then later on through the filter, the metal filter, the, the coffee, they drop down and then we put some of the condensed, condensed milk 
uh, and then they mix everything together and they make a really strong flavor of uh, the condensed milk, sweet, and with the, the strong coffee from the coffee. And in the morning, if you have like a cup of the coffee, so that, uh, you can be like awake for all day. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the Cafe Sudan, but I also heard about something called uh, butter coffee, Young. Is is that similar? Uh, actually, butter coffee we uh, butter coffee actually is not really popular in Vietnam, though. Okay. Yeah, we have in butter coffee uh, in in uh, in some small shop. They have like uh, actually they adapt from French because before when the friends they come over to Vietnam and they they. We, they drink the coffee here and then they kind of mix the flavor back in France and then they put kind of a, a butter on the filter, a butter, the French butter there. And then when the coffee, they drop out, uh, they have the flavor of the butter. But this, this way of coffee is not really popular. Um, at the moment, there are some different type of coffee uh, popular here. It's called the egg coffee. The egg, the egg coffee. Uh, you know, it's a little oh, bit yeah. similar to uh, it related to like maybe a latte. So actually, the the egg coffee that we put the hot the coffee and together with the jog in the egg. Yeah, yeah. Then they mix the coffee and the jog together, and they can when when you eat drink it, uh, is it make uh, they have the feeling of the creamy, even though they don't put no cream in it. But the jog from the egg and uh, together with the coffee, and when you drink it, you feel like a creamy feeling. Mm. Remind you about a, a cup of latte and so that is uh, also one of our popular coffee when the, the people come over to Vietnam uh, when they're looking for kind of some special special coffee so I think egg coffee will be on the top of the list of coffee they should try so be prepared if you're coming to Vietnam because you're going to be drinking coffee and it's going to be Robusto so you're yeah. going to get wired, Americans. <laughs> you got to prepare yeah, yourself for yeah. this. But it'll help you go all day long and enjoy Saigon. Um, now, Young, you uh, you proudly take your visitors off the beaten path of yeah. Saigon. But um, yeah. I, w- I wanted to finish up by and you've and you've beautifully described some of these off the beaten path places, but. Uh, before I let you go, I did want to ask you what are some of the big attractions? Some on the beaten path locations that folks should definitely see when they come to Saigon, because if Americans are coming to Saigon, they're going to come there for a while. They're not going to come for a weekend. So they're going to have some time. What are the, what are the big blockbuster attractions not to miss? Uh, the first thing I would recommend that is the area is the, um, is the independent palace. It's where our, actually it's like, like the white house back in the, U uh, S in Washington DC. So we have the white palace just before the white palace is the, uh, where our South government working in, uh, the government and he also living and working there after the war, this place is due for the tourist, uh, attraction. So every day it's like a huge amount of thousands of tourists come to the, the um, independent palace to, to visit and to see how our South president living before. And, uh, after that is, uh, the one of the most famous play also we call is the Benton Market. So Benton Market is uh, the name of one of the most uh, famous tourist market. That in there you can um, you can have street you can have street food also inside the market too, and you can buy also a lot of souvenir and a T-shirt everything. But make sure in mind that it's a tourist market, so everything they will make make up like maybe at least fifty percent. So be aware that uh, when you buy something, if you know a bag and skill, you don't don't hesitate to say them, you know, like 70% off 
before you buy anything there. It's really expensive. So yeah. negotiate the price. <laughs> yeah, negotiate negotiate the price. I know Americans don't really have that culture, but I mean, in in general, in the West, in the Western American, they don't really bargain. But when you go to Asian market, you just be like Asian, you know? Yeah. Say okay, okay, all you go. Or you say, okay, I not buy, I go, and then they're going to chase over you, and they're going to say, okay, I sell for you. <laughs> you. Always like that. So I think you place, if you have, uh, don't, yeah, don't, you want to see a little bit the famous attraction, I think, uh, uh, White Palace and uh, Benton Market. And if you took you like about two to three hours total to, to understand a little bit about the Saigon and all the places that you can also, you have time, you can also go to like Opera House, and also like the, the post office. This is all the place that also the big building and history and some building that people can take a picture that uh, when, yeah, it's, it's kind of Saigon, people think that building, that uh, opera house, they know, okay, you're in Saigon. These are all great recommendations. Well, Young uh, Ho from Jackfruit Adventures, thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. Thank you for sharing your city of Saigon with us. It makes yeah. me all the much more anxious to uh, to come to Vietnam and to come to Saigon and participate in the uh, in the food culture. And we will have, uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, we'll have links in the show notes or just go to jackfruitadventures.com and you can connect with Young that way. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been just a joy to talk to you. Yeah, me too, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh I'm looking to forward in the for the future the the future podcast with you. Very good. Okay, there you go. Young is such a great guy. I would love to hang with him for an afternoon of just drinking coffee and eating banh mi sandwiches. If you're planning a trip to Vietnam, well, first off, jealous, and second, look up Young at jackfruitadventures.com. I've also got a link to the site in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED241. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we're in Party Central, New Orleans. Until then, there's tons going on at destinationeatdrink.com. I just posted a new video. It's about my pastry crawl through the town of Almada. It's just a quick ferry ride from Lisbon, and I show you why it's worth taking the time to get on that boat and check out Almada. They've got some great pastelerias there. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the video button or go to YouTube at DestinationEatDrink946. I also just posted a story about a pastry that's named after a part of the human body. You can get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. And while you're there, you can sign up for the Destination Eat Drink monthly newsletter to keep on top of all the podcasts and the stories and the videos. And you can also contribute to the Destination Eat Drink cause by throwing us a couple bucks. Do that by clicking on the contribute button at DestinationEatDrink.com. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who's trying to popularize his own Chicago version of egg coffee with scotch. Except there's no egg. And there's no coffee. That's Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.